Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Narsen. This is the Tour de Romandy Prologue Recap. It doesn't stop. Personally, I would have liked a little bit of a break before the Giro, but it's not to be. Uh, Four-kilometre-long prologue, a nasty, slow course with a hairpin turnaround, um, maybe yeah, a couple of sharp turns, and then three kilometres of flat, intermediate checkpoint at 2Ks, and then the last K is 6.5%, the final ramp, which yeah has some turns in it too. It wasn't a straight line from Oran to Oran. So nasty climb, obviously, We'll get into it more in the Giro. We've got some announcements from Lacole before the Giro and watch out for our Giro preview next week. But this show is supported and the channel, Lantern Roof Sucking Podcast rather, is supported by Lacole for the entirety of this year. They produce performance cycling apparel. They create technical cycling clothing with function and style designed to make you faster on the road so check them out in the description if you need any new kit for the change of season but you know how we do the uh the time trials we just do it in tell you the results because we can't remember the order um here is thomas port dennis ganner hirshi ulysi artist reader coos masnada uh, Sagan, Soler, Miguel Angel Lopez first race for Movistar, Woods, Froome, Dowsett. Who else we got here? Bissiger, Paulus, Aronsman, Marco Brenner, Van Wilder, Benji's new Remco, um, Izagire, the brothers, Lushenko, Elessand, and Champoussin, Peter Sagan as well, but he probably won't feature in the TT, as well as Haig, one would think, and Tratnik for Bahrain. But who did you think would win this TT beforehand, Benji, uh, given that we didn't do a preview? I was looking at uh, Bissiger to do something decent here oh, yeah. because we saw in Paranese that he was going to do something decent, well, most likely. And I think that... This is also a prologue specialized for the uh, people that are explosive. I think that Bissiger is pretty damn explosive in a prologue. The only thing that could count to that point is that I didn't know how the last section of this time trial would be affecting him. His last uh, kilometer uphill is not exactly the ideal thing if we don't know how good a rider is in the uphill section. So uh, that was the only thing that was countering my uh, Bissiger argument. I was hoping he could do well. Uh, It's his own country, so that's always kind of... Kind of a fun thing. Uh, when it comes to the others, I honestly didn't really know. I thought a few days ago we had Betty all on the start list, and I was like, this is perfect for him, but he went off the start list a few, uh, a few hours or just a day or something before the race started. So that was a bit unfortunate for my uh, thought process of having Betty all do well here. But all in all, uh, I think that um, those were the names I had put up beforehand. You? Ethan Hader. He's not here. 
Pity would have won this TT. I'm telling you, <laughs> the Serge TT. Seriously, it's a shame. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Is he doing track or something for the Olympics? Get rid of the Olympics. Just do Romandy. Okay, the results. <laughs> Bissega set the first quick time of five thirty-seven. Uh, but it wasn't that much faster than Tratnik and Harada, who were two seconds and three seconds behind him. Bissiga, as Benji said, won Parry Nice. And Tratnik, as I said in that flesh video last week, he's actually flying at the moment over short uh, distances. Watch out for a, another Grand Tour stage win from Tratnik. Uh, but then we're like, mm, two seconds or three seconds to Harada from Bissiga with. Ganner and co to come, not so good. But then Ganner rolled off later, one of the men for the stage win, and he came, let me try to do some quick maths, four seconds behind Bissiger. So we're like, ooh, maybe his time's really good, or maybe Ganner's not so good on this course, or had an off day, or what's going on. Kuhn as well, another big man behind Bissiger, six seconds behind. And it was Rowan Dennis, who's not a big man, but obviously, you know, don't need to tell you how good he is at time trialing, who smashed Bissiger's time 11 seconds quicker than him. This is up 5 minutes 26, by the way. That's 11 seconds on a 5 minute 37 second <laughs> TD. So that's a big margin. Someone can extrapolate that out over – Is that's probably like a minute over an hour, right, um, or more. So he averaged 44 Ks an hour, which is slow. For a prologue, you know, 44Ks an hour, slow. So it must have been technical. That climb must be harder than it really looks. I guess it is 25% of the course and it's mm, about 40% plus of the time they spend on the course. So the climb is obviously very important in this prologue. Dennis, fantastic time. Richie Port was the next man up there nine seconds or eight and a half seconds behind Rowan Dennis. So we had an Australian one-two, which bittersweet for me. It's Ineos, but, you know, got to take what I can get. Port looking fantastic <laughs> after his Catalonia. It looked fantastic there as well. And then Cavagna rolled off. He was like second or third last to roll off just behind Richie Port. Uh, I'll let Benji talk to you about the pacing strategies in a second, but he's one to really note as well as Port. And this man's pacing, Geraint Thomas, who's looking skinny, you got to say. Uh, they got all the aero coach or whatever those front wheels are that I thought they were subject to a pattern dispute already. They're super deep in the all riding. And Geraint Thomas just beat by 400th of a second Richie Port, but nine seconds behind Dennis. So an Ineos 1-2-3 in this prologue, locking out the podium. Ghana now the fourth best in a prologue on Ineos. Somewhat surprising. But they're the headline results. Any other ones of note you want to mention, Benji, from the other GC contenders? Sepkos. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, I can't see the numbers on my screen here, but I think he's like 13, something like that. At the finish line, 14, it seems. Yes, he beat so, uh, definitely uh, not <laughs> a bad one at all. Um, this certainly proves that pacing in this stage, but also overall the aspect of uh, it being a prologue does influence the results quite a bit. Let's look into uh, Rowan Dennis, for example, 
and Bort and Cavagna here. You've got, first of all, Cavagna, who went very explosive from the start on the flatter section. You've got the intermediate that is literally in the middle of the stage here after two-ish kilometers. So that's a good view of how fast people went on the flat part. Cavagna destroyed everybody there on the flat part, I think three seconds ahead of Dennis, but yeah, I think 12 seconds ahead of Port, and Port was uh, 60th on that on that first section. So that's rather mad. Looking into that, that's that means that those two riders... Just to jump in, that's exactly how Port placed Planche de Belfi. He was 12 seconds behind Pagacha on the actual climb, or maybe even a little bit less than that, but he was way behind Cavagna on the flat section. Sorry, Benji. Yeah, seems to be a clever strategy overall because, well, if we see that Cavagna is having a masterful flat section and Bord is deciding to take a slower approach to this time trial and focus all out on the climbing section because then afterwards we can see from the intermediate to the finish line, we can also see the the time at which they spend on uh, on that section of the course and their Bord is basically uh, destroying Cavagna the other way around with 14 seconds. So... That's where Port has the first time on the climb, ahead of Dennis and, and Thomas. So that's a, a triple Ineos up there as well. And we have Cavagna 26th on the climb. So really a difference on how riders are pacing here. But I think it's very clear that Dennis is likely the rider that is least influenced by that. He's good on the flat. He's good on the climb. And we see that with being second on the flat section and then also being second on the climb. So yeah. that's really interesting. He's like... The perfect middle ground of everything of that, and that's it perfectly. That's what uh, what looked pretty awesome. But yeah, when it comes to the riders in the uh, top ten, we see I think a few surprises in the sense that I didn't think Hirata was going to do so well. Personally, I no. honestly wouldn't. Uh, I don't think his flat section was going to be that decent, and it seems like he's uh pretty explosive when it comes to a prologue. So pretty surprising on that accord. And I would love to highlight Jordi Meus because. One would say Jordi Meus, he's a rider that he did that, I think, Bessage Hill that he had a decent result on. But we never really saw him as like a climbing rider or someone that can really punch up the hills every single time. And we see here that he's 57th on the flat section beforehand from a rider that I expect to do decent on the flat section. And then he's sixth best climber at the end. And that's really good. Yeah. Well, he got <laughs> he ends up in the top 10. Um, on that Catalonia stage with uh, the Movistar stage, first one from Calella, when they put yeah. Sagan under pressure, he got dropped too. But that was a longer climb. So we're just seeing, you know, mark these sort of things down as, okay, this guy, yeah, he got dropped on a longer 6K, 6% section straight away. But on a 1K, 6% punch, maybe if this was a finish in a road race, maybe Jordi Mayus could be okay maybe not mark Hirschi benji eighth good result for him it does suit him a lot but he came tops came fifth or sixth no sixth rather in liege yep um he's improving he's definitely he was terrible at catalonia there were some stages there that were like absolutely bang on for like perfect for him and uh, he wasn't there. He's getting dropped out of the break, but much better now. And I think we'll get it. We'll do a little preview in a second of the stages to come. But looking way, way better. And just 
to give my own two cents on the pacing stuff, most of the top 10, apart from Dennis, who just smashed everyone, most of the top 10, six or seven of them, went for slow on the flat, quick on the climb. Or maybe that's just the, they're climbing guys and they were, couldn't go quicker on the flat. Uh, Cavagna and Bissiger just went full on the flat and then lost on the climb. Uh, so I think that is actually a pacing issue from those two. I think Cavagna could have beaten Port as well as Bissiger uh, with better pacing. Ganna, though, 13th on the flat and I think not that quick on the climb. Let me see where he ranked. I'm using PCS right now, like 12th on the climb. So it's not like he absolutely smashed the flat either. It was quite a technical course, I guess, but I don't know. Wasn't just, a good time trial for him. Yeah, it's just an underperformance. Um, mm-hmm. There's no real excuses, I guess. It's just not a good result for him. Uh, it's fine to get beaten by Dennis and co, but like getting beaten by uh, Harada is surprising. Yeah, it's, uh, it's mainly interesting because I feel like we had so many victories of Ghana in a row that we expected him to win every single time trial until he ended his career. And then suddenly he stopped winning, I think, was it in the last time trial of Tirreno, I think, where he ended up third or fourth. And we notice now that he's also not here, but this is a very different time trial to the ones we've had before, though. This is yeah. under a, is it nine kilometers that makes it a prologue? Eight kilometers? It's it's four kilometers here. So, yeah, it's... But it's isn't he supposed to be good at them, Benji? He's the 4K I would ex- world record holder, well. right? I would expect it as well, but... Just not having a great day today, it seems. Uh, I think that the climbing section would influence it, but we've also seen him climb very well. So it's kind of a, yeah. I don't know, he, he should do better. Didn't and he set the quickest time in the Giro Stage 1 ITT on the climb? Technically not, in the sense that... But there's guys who were going section, full. Yeah, the section that he was good on and that he was the first rider on, had that climb in it, but had a bit of a flat section before okay. or after it included. And because of that flat section, he was beating, I think, Almeida, I'm not sure about it, that was in second there. And I think if that flat section wasn't there, it would have been the other way around. But your, your point still stands. If he's first or second or third on that climb, he should be getting a better result on this one as well, because that was 11%, and this is 6.5, if I recall correctly. Yes. So, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty surprising, I'd say. I uh but Benji, I think that, yeah. we weren't allowed, it was ridiculous for us to even have the discussion last year about who the best time trial rider in the world is. <laughs> it's beyond question. And, you know, he still is two losses in a row. doesn't mean you are anymore, but it's closer than you think, just like when he or she was good in the classics or Arden last year, et cetera, doesn't then mean he's the best puncher in the world. You know, people can have really good peaks and maybe not be as consistent throughout the year. Maybe Ganna, in his defense, he's like, I don't give two shits about the Romandy prolo- prologue. <laughs> I want the gold medal at the Olympics, to which I would say you're 100% correct. Um, so maybe he's just testing something or whatever. So I agree, this doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I just want to round out some of the other GC riders. Lopez, I would say a pretty good TT, 21st. Although when you see Coos, I mean, Coos was only three seconds quicker. I think that's Hagen Lopez at 5.45 is fine. Uh, but they're shipping 
10 seconds. So they're 10 seconds on GC behind Thomas and Port, assuming, which I don't agree with, that Dennis is riding as a domestique here because I think he can win GC, but I don't know. I think they're going to ride with for Thomas and Port. Uh, other GC contenders, I guess, where's Yonis Aguirre? That's not a great result for him if I can't see him. <laughs> Mazanata was okay. 20 Prune or Benji. something? Sorry, what are you saying? Uh, Izaguirre is like 20th, if I recall correctly, okay, if so I see fine. this correctly. 25th. Okay. Uh, nah, not amazing. He should do uh, better on paper. It's, it's not big time losses. Yeah. Chris Froome came 130th out of 140, and I don't I don't I wouldn't be negative about it or bring it up so much, but the fact is there's still a lot of I see articles something like three times a week and even I have to say it's from his own YouTube channel and Instagram being like lights at the end of the tunnel, you know, that sort of stuff. It's like you've been racing since the UAE tour in February twenty twenty, like you're coming hundred and thirtieth out of hundred and forty shipping what is it, 50 seconds to Dennis plus, like 45 seconds to Thomas and Port. Like you're getting beaten by Elia Viviani in a prologue TT and guys who legit aren't trying or uh, on the borderline of like Harry Tanfield was barely got a World Tour contract. He's out of the World Tour and then came back. He then beaten by Rich Riches and go to my like – I don't, I'm not trying to roast the guy. I'm just trying to like, – I know everyone listening, you watch a lot of cycling soon, preaching to the choir, but I'm just saying like they probably shouldn't take him to the Tour Benji. Like it's at that point now where it's going to be too much of a circus unless he can lose five, seven kilos uh, in a month and a half, which, I mean, he did that before the World to 2011, but so you never know, but – um. Yeah, what do you think about Froome's performance? It doesn't look good, does it? I think that we've seen the progress. Well, no, we, we haven't seen the progress, and that's the issue. And I think that there was a, a bit of a, a spark at the end of the tunnel when he was in the breakaway last week, but being in the breakaway doesn't necessarily make you um, a rider that can compete for GC. And like at this point with this prologue, I'm really surprised by it because I'd expect any version of the frooms that I've seen in the last year to do better than this. And it just isn't, which is Barlow bad. world Froome would have done better. He was a solid TT rider. In yeah, if he didn't ride into that rider at the start of the world championships. <laughs> I, I don't remember which one it was, but he had his time trial race, area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying in all anyway. seriousness, he was a good, TT rider, and then he became yep. a good climber. Um, so he wouldn't have been getting results that bad when he was like 23 or 22 or whatever, um, when he didn't have – when he was on Barla World, et cetera. So I'd, I'm just – yeah, just we have to comment on it and it's a shame and I don't know what they should do, but they should just probably turn down some of the messaging at the moment because he's not a month away or two weeks away, or, you know, one race away from being back up there. Uh, Sepp Kuch, what I would Benji. do is, sorry. Wait, what I would do is I would have him build further on this YouTube thing as much as possible while 
they're doing the progress towards the tour and in the tour if he goes to the tour because i think from that they can almost gain as much exposure as they would get from him being 10th in the tour which is never going to happen at this point yeah but i don't know it's not like a normal team where like if it's a corporate brand and you're a sponsor you might not want to have your name being on a rider that's not doing so well every day with the cameras on them, but it's ISU, so who knows what they want to do. Um, but yeah, Lopez, good time. Coos, I know we already mentioned he came 14th. Do we need to apologize to him, Benji? Is he now going to win the Tour de France by five minutes, or is this a one off result <laughs> with uh, TT that had 40% of it on time wise on a climb? And uh, we'll see after stage five. TT. I don't think he's fixed all his issues, but I don't think he's like, I think he should be improving. That would make sense. So I still think he'll be doing a bit better in stage five too, but he's not He's not better than Kumi time trialing. I think that the good thing here is that we can look at it and, and we can see hope for yeah. Kukas when it comes to his GC career because his biggest weakness was always the time trial. We knew that every single time he went to a time trial, it wasn't giving a good result. He didn't start all of them with having a good result in mind, but still, I think that this prologue is at the moment literally a one-time thing because it hasn't happened before. And as long as it is a one-time thing, there's no consistency and we can't build on that. Yeah, We try and analyze stuff on stuff that happens. And at this point, guessing that he can redo this in... The next couple of time trials who are longer than four kilometers and might not all have two kilometers of, well, one kilometer of hills in it. Well, um, I think that's going to be very different, but I hope for him that he can find a time trial capability that brings him into a potential competition for GC. But yeah, I agree. Also, just his consistency throughout a ground tour is something that I'd love to see improve because he was good at the Tour de France, but if he wasn't a in a leader's position, he needs to be up there every single day at his best. And we did have some days where he cracked a bit early that than we expected. And yeah. I think that goes through a lot of races he does in the season. But the way he was early, we don't know uh, if he will improve in the climbing aspect towards the Tour de France. I would expect yes, because in the UAE Tour, he was dropping a bit early after that one move. Um, but yeah, I think that the time trial aspect is something that we need to see continuously improving otherwise it's going to be pretty hard but i hope for him it works i think it'd be a massive help for jumbo visma if he was close on gc yeah was able to stay there change the race completely take less pressure on van art to fill that role um hold that thought Benji. let's talk about Jonas at the end of this podcast before i finish i uh, just reminded myself hi he plays <laughs> stage two tomorrow for tour de romandy from Eagle. To Martini, 168Ks. I've checked. Apparently, it's not the World Champs course, which didn't happen. And it's 1,900 metres of climbing, but it's either flat or climbing. They have a climb out the door, La Rasse, 2.4Ks, 8.3%, that they start with nine kilometres into the stage. And then they do a circuit of the Produit and Chamonson climbs. They are 2.6Ks at 7.5% and 2.1Ks at 6.2%. They are right together. The Produit descent then goes straight to the Chamonson climb. And then between the climbs is 30 kilometers of pretty much 
flat from what I can see is a little roller after the Chamosson climb that shouldn't bother anybody. Interesting, Benji, we've mentioned the GC riders here, but there's riders like Colgrelli, uh, Pete Sagan, Maus have to be mentioned, Ulysses, he or she. Who do you like for tomorrow's stage? It's a very tricky one to figure out with no big gaps on GC. Hmm. Like, do I consider the climbs hard enough to make a difference in that aspect? I'm not actually sure. Not on GC. I, um, yeah. So no. I'd be looking at a potential hilly sprinter or I wouldn't say breakaway yet. I, would, I wouldn't expect the second stage to be given away to the breakaway already. But you mm. never know. We've seen that before with a random king appearance that might end up having a breakaway victory, but he's a bit too close. And well, doesn't matter on the second stage if you're closed on GC and knowing that all the others won't really have trouble in beating you on the climbs. I True. don't know. But um, I think that I'm looking more towards a, a sprinter that can get over those hills. And at the moment, I'm hoping that Sagan can do it. Yeah, but me too. I don't completely trust it. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> I don't know. He, I don't know. He looked uh, like that stage he won in Catalonia. He like barely won it and it was against <laughs> terrible sprinters. But there's no good sprinters here either. Um, I guess Reinhard Janze van Rensburg, I like him as a long shot. I see this stage as there's three ways it can happen. So as Benji mentioned, a break with people who are no GC threat because remember in Romandy we've got like a proper HC stage with a climb to 2,100 metres that's super long and steep. So do they let a breakaway go, keep it relatively close? When do they let that go? Um, like someone like Lutschenko, you might think, eh, he can go in the break. So I see a possibility for a late a late break on one of the la- uh, yeah, last climbs with someone like Lutschenko, probably not the Izagiris, to be honest, and um, trying to think some other riders that they might let go because there could already be GC threats. Harada, Marco Brenner. Mar- Marco Brenner would love to see it. He's got to uh, win a stage. Come TJ. on. <laughs> I think the favorite tomorrow is Magnus Court has to be the favourite because I trust him for the climbs much more than Sagan. But if they do the climb slowly and remembering the run into the finish is 23Ks of flat. So Bora, who have Basca, Juraj, Zvihov, Magus Kelderman, Burkhart. Uh, they might not have the people to chase either. Kelderman will be riding for his own GC. Zvihov might be the only guy left. At that point, so I think court, good chance, really, really nice chance. Can can Moschetti climb Benji? I think I've seen him get over hills, but it's not amazing. So it's like a meh, could happen, could not happen. Event. I think I'm I'm leaning more t- towards the uh, secondary sprinters on a team like Ajdezer, for example. She's yep, there with um, Venturini as sprinter and Lawrence Nassen as sprinter and. The thing is there that they're looking at checking if Nassen can perform well here in the sprints to see if he can ride the Giro because Venturini, I think, is is quitting after uh, Romandy. Um, what do you mean? I'm not sure if that's career or Romandy. 
quitting Fuck. um this part of the season because right. i only read half an article there so i can't tell you more than that <laughs> but i just right. know that venturini is not doing the giro <laughs> so it's interesting to see how who of those two will be sprinting for Argentina mondial tomorrow i think it's more leaning towards venturini and he could do decently on this parkour as well i think yeah. he was also in the group with amstel in the last um in the second group in, in amstel so that's pretty uh pretty good by that lad so yep yeah Dion Smith, I'm not sure. I mean, do you believe Dion Smith? Life this season seems to be being the quickest guy in the bunch behind. That was the story at Catalonia, and Catalonia is a race that really, I think, stage one is the second scenario I see where not on the climb, a break with someone like Lutschenko goes, who probably might be too close on GC. He get close. He gets closed down. They get into the valley. And I see a possibility for a scenario where no one wants to take it up. The break has been caught because they've not been given any leash. And remember that stage that Movistar paced? Andres Krohn won, went in the break with Luis Leon, Rochas Kemner. I see a similar scenario yep. with breaking away in the last 15, 20Ks on the flat. They're never given more than a minute. Not a concern on GC. So, again, someone like Krohn, Paulus, even... I'm trying to look for some other names that I liked for that. Bevan could have a chance. Madsworth, Schmidt might not climb well enough. Uh, who else did I like for that sort of scenario? He or she even should. He's got a quick sprint. Or Cataneo could as well. Um, or Jan Tratnik as well. So that's another scenario I see. Um, yeah, for, for this stage. But to be honest... I think I just have to go with Court because Sagan, I'm not sure I trust him to get over the climbs. But if he does, I like him a little bit more than Court and more than Ulysses. Uh, but the rest of these stages in Romedy, we didn't do a proper preview. There's uh, not so hard a stage, I don't think, on stage, ooh, was it stage two to Saint-Demier? Oh, no, that's a, stage two is like, he issue territory, but not a mountaintop finish. There's like a climb that crests uh, 20Ks from the finish, 8Ks, 6.7%. Again, stage three is one that Sagan should be focusing on. He's just got to get over one climb late, kind of like one of those Giro stages where DeMar won, reminds me of that. And then stage four, we've got a proper mountaintop finish, 20Ks, 7, 7.8% nasty we'll really see the level of everyone there and then stage five is another itt a hilly 16k itt from freeborg to freeborg wait yes can i just kick in and like complain to people that no complain to people yes that <laughs> a prologue is not counted in the amount of stages apparently because today was no, a prologue and tomorrow was stage one wrong. i hate it i hate <laughs> I it know. I hate it as well. I yeah, was like continue, stage sorry. two, stage three. I was like, why is stage two called three? Um, <laughs> it affects GC. It's stage one. Anyway, that's uh, right. Um, Benji, we need to talk about uh, it's funny to me because they always announce it in November, two years in a row, their Tour de France squad. Yumbo Visma, <laughs> both years, they announce it and then Dumoulin. No, they announced it like three days before Dumoulin took a career break this year, right? And we're like, yep. mm, weird comms, choices there. They just announced their actual Tour de France squad uh, now 
six weeks, whatever, before the tour. Jonas Lingelgaard is in the Tour de France squad to the surprise of Benji and me, zero. That's not English, but I'm pretty sure Benji and I said, we probably said in the Vuelta last year on Anglaru, we were like, we'll see you, young Danish, pale, sober Macaulay Culkin in Paris next year. Uh, so we're not surprised at all. But the question I want to ask you, Benji, is is he there for GC himself as a threat because they're worried about Van Aert? Is he there pure domestique for Roglic? I think that Jumbo is in the uh, perfect position to have now four riders. Am I correct in that? First of all, Roglic with the climbing <laughs> and the time trial, obviously. He's You've got Kreisweg with climbing and time trial. Nah, Kreisweg's not there for GC. Cut that out. Ah, okay. We've got a <laughs> hater, people. Um, <laughs> not hate, with, not with climbing and time trial capabilities. We've got Van Aert climbing and time trial capabilities. We have Kaz with climbing and perhaps time trial <laughs> capabilities if today gets extrapolated throughout all the time trials from here forward. But um, I think that they're in a position where they can play out so many people and it's going to be interesting to is, see how their hierarchy many? is going to be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can have too many in that aspect because on paper, Roglic will always be the all-out leader if things go south. You know that from beforehand. True, the problem true. is, let's say that Roglic goes south and that the other three have to decide who is the leader of the tree. Then I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is, as long as the hierarchy is fine, it's fine. Then there won't be problems. Like we saw in Catalonia, when there were attacks on stage four to Portonay and Carapaz pulls off, there's still two Ks to the finish. Port goes to the front. He's able to ride his own pace because the attacks from Enric Mas, not particularly strong, not worried about Chavez. But eventually, even if a guy's up there on GC, someone will have to pace to their own detriment and possibly lose time on GC. There will come a scenario where they'll have to sacrifice themselves. You can protect two. Ineos have done that for ages. Well, not ages, um, but Ineos have done that. But protecting three and four, it's not possible eventually. Like Robert, Robert Hessing <laughs> can't close every attack for Jonas Vingegaard, <laughs> Wavanagh, Roglic, Kreuzweik and Koos. That's why Kreuzweik <laughs> will be domestic. Um, I'm just trying to figure out the order. It also depends on... They've got the Stage 5 TT from memory, Benji. There's no big mountain stages before. I think Jonas TT is, is good. I think it's mm-hmm. it's more than solid enough to be up there. He'll get beaten by Thomas, p- probably by Port, but I wouldn't wouldn't bet my life on it either. I'd bet my life on it. Ah, no, I wouldn't. Oh, God, you're right. It would be very close. Damn. Yeah. 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 Continue onwards. <laughs> <laughs> Benji nearly lost his life. 26 and a half days, that TT. It's got some climbing in it. Let me see how much altitude gain. 296 metres, so not pancake flat by any stretch. Yeah, they'll be close with Port. I think Port probably nudge him. But the point is, like, Wingergold might even be ahead of Port on after Britannia, possibly. He's perfect. And do you think this allows them... And as a Belgian Benji, do you think they should then let Wout go for green and not focus on GC because they have this second option 
of Jonas? I believe that if a Belgian is within reach of the yellow jersey, <laughs> you choose the yellow jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I think overall, we uh, we said in January that if Wout van Aert can podium Tireno, we have to think about the possibilities that he can survive the last week of the Tour de France without losing five minutes. And I think we have to start making a bit of a, a plan for that in the sense that I'm expecting him to get into yellow in the first week. You said it last year already that he might do that the day that they announced the parkour. <laughs> and uh, I think that, yeah, that was a crazy prediction because it's likely going to happen, I think. But um, looking at that parkour, you've got, I think, Vaughn to win in like mid of the Tour de France, for example. It's curious to see how he will right there. It's got a descent finish. Mm, does that make it? Uh, I don't even know. Like it's it's hard to figure out. I think we need to do a a bit more uh, of a deep dive into it. Preview of the stages uh, in yeah. full. But yeah, but I think like in general, we know the feeling. He has a possibility in our eyes to get into yellow and defend it for quite a decent amount of time. Yep. And then the question is, let's say if he has it after fourteen days and he's got sixteen seconds left on on Pogacar and Roglic is like two seconds behind Pogacar. It's probably not going to be that close at that point, but you never know. What do you do then? Are you going to have um, Roglic probably not going to pace for Van Aert at any point? That's just unrealistic in my eyes. But you can definitely play with Van Aert. You can have Roglic just sit in the wheel of Pogacar and just toy around with Van Aert. But now we're looking solely at Jumbo. There's other teams in that. There's other teams in that race. And if you look at the UAE who... For example, we're planning to send McNulty to the Giro, and now there's speculation on on a few areas on the internet already that he's not on the preliminary start list for uh, for the Giro for UAE. So does that mean that McNulty is making the same move as Vingegaard and is also going to the Tour de France? We don't know. We said it for months that he should, but is it happening? I'm not sure yet. And that would be curious if they have a, a rider that can also play around a bit in the, in the Tour and if every other team has so many options to like toy around with, then it's going to be a very tactical race, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I think Basque Country showed Jumbo Visma that their best option for putting Pogacar under pressure is not to attack him with Roglic at the end of stages, although that did Give happen. him the jersey. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, give him the jersey, but I think the main point was having Jonas um, as a second threat and satellite riders is really important. And I think it'd be a massive advantage to be able to have Jonas attack maybe. We've got a lot of descent finishes and stages like that. It's not all hard mountaintop finishes, what's per kilo test, unfortunately, for riders like Port. So descents, does Jumbo Visma try and send Jonas on a descent or over a crest and then Pogaccia has to close, particularly if Wout is looking okay. That's the option that Vingegaard gives them. I think he's above or should be above Koos in the GC pecking order for Jumbo Visma. I actually have Jonas second. I have him over Wav Van Aert for GC, to be honest. And I think that Koos should ride 100% as domestique at the Tour de France. I think riding for his own race, he's not there yet. He's not experienced experienced enough it's not just about the tt it's the climbs when he's not 
running for someone else, his pacing and tactics on the climbs has not been good this year. UAE Hafeet was bad, blew himself up. Uh, Volta 2000 blew himself up following Valverde. And Yates, you can see the difference, how Yates protected his GC position. Coos actually got beaten by Thomas and Co. coming up behind. So I think he has to ride. He's better riding as a domestique, as a super... Uh, yeah, just a mountain guy for Roglic. That's my view on it. Let us know down below in the comments. It's a really interesting discussion. But obviously, Jumbo Visma making the right decision, taking Jonas to the tour. And that's a shame, Benji. <laughs> George Bennett is not good enough to make the Jumbo Visma mountain train at the Tour de France, so he gets to be their Giro d'Italia leader. Um, it's harsh to say, but it seems to be true, to be honest. Um, yeah. Do you think they're sending... <laughs> like, do you think it's a shame they're focusing so much on the tour and not sending it even Kreisvike or Coos to the Giro? I think that their current um, Giro team is uh, pretty uh, pretty odd, to say the least, in the sense that we had Davi Decker to try and win a, a sprint stage. We had Bennett as leader for GC. Being a rider that has not been able to do amazing in time trials and will likely not do so either. I think we've got 38 kilometers of time trials in total in the Giro, so that's quite a bit of kilometers on the time trial bike, and that will influence his result a lot. And I think when it comes to climbing, he's not, in my opinion, as good as the others unless he has the form he had at Lombardia last year for this entire Giro, but I haven't seen it this year yet. I hope he can find it. Seems like a pretty funny guy. And I guess we'll figure it out during the Giro if that's good enough. But I want to slowly transition into a different topic here while we're talking about the Giro team of Yumbo. Oh, yeah, true. What this morning, <laughs> announcement by Yumbo Visma and by Dylan Gronewegen that he's taking uh, a spot in the Giro team, replacing the uh, Chris Harper spot that was set up beforehand. So Dylan Gronewegen is starting a season not hiding in in the Tour de Hungary, for example, but in full fours in a, in a Grand Tour and World Tour in the Giro d'Italia. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it would influence their team dynamics because this replaces a climbing rider that could have been supportive of Bennett with a pure sprinter that we are completely unknown of when it comes to his form, basically just as unknown towards uh, Remco's form, for example. So those two are like complete unknowns going into the Giro. When it comes to Dylan, I, I hope that it doesn't take away an opportunity for Decker to get a stage win because I called that stage win at the start of the season. And if Kuhnwein gets all the chances now, I'm going to cry myself to, to sleep every single evening in the Giro. <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed for two reasons. Firstly, I agree. Benji and I took out significant long calls on David Decker's career. I didn't. Not financial advice. I did <laughs> back in 2020. No, they don't exist, Benji. You can't take <laughs> markets for that in cycling. But I, I was big on him last year. I thought, you know, stage two, Giro, he was big, big chance for that uh, sprint stage. And now Groningen is going. And secondly, I got the rights to the Tour de Hungary to show highlight videos and I don't <laughs> with the Giro d'Italia. So I'm fucked. Gronewegen um, <laughs> was going to be a big draw card, you know, his first probably sprint stage win back at Tour de Hungary. And now what am I left with? Not Olaf Koy. 
yeah, <laughs> I like Olaf Koy actually. I think he's pretty good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a shame for Decker. But maybe it's not Benji. Is he on lead-out duties? Like, what do you think will, is going to happen? You kind of mentioned it. I think Decker is actually a really good lead-out guy. Big, big guy gets into you know into spaces. Knows already how to move with a bunch, and they don't have much of a lead-out. Afeni, who doesn't do nah. the last K <laughs> at all. There's barely any lead-out at all. So yep. I think Decker's better at looking after himself. To be honest, we saw at UAE tour. I think he can manage himself, no problems. Um, so, do you think Gronovegan is just going there, not like Jakobsen at Turkey, but with that principle and philosophy of just getting some racing in the legs? I think that it's weird to send someone to the Giro for the first time without knowing that he's got a decent form. So, I'm pretty sure that he's already hitting high numbers. Otherwise, they wouldn't replace the opportunity of like uh, someone else getting into the Giro that has been pretty decent all season, for example. I think Harper's out because of an injury, but I'm not sure about it. So it, it is not like he's taking away the spot from Harper. But when it comes to being a lead-out as a sprinter, it's not as simple as, oh, he's a good sprinter, so he's going to be a good lead-out. That's not really how it works. I think that a lot of sp- good sprinters don't have the capabilities of becoming a good lead-out because some are just very aerodynamic and not big enough to kind of hide the... Uh, the rider behind them, but also other riders like Van der Poel, for example. The man can sprint like a maniac sometimes, but he's so much sprinting in bursts and moving up and down in bursts and going through corners and being treacherous throughout all these corners, meaning that the sprinter behind them has trouble following. And when you're doing that, then you're not going to be an ideal lead out. And we've seen that before with Van der Poel as well. So yeah, I think that Grunewagen is on paper the kind of rider that I would see able to have the abilities of doing a lead out. I just don't know what they're going to do. If if Runewagen is good enough to go to the Giro, then I expect him to sprint. And yeah. I would hope Decker to sprint. But you said it. Decker is kind of a good rider as a lead out as well in the sense that his type of sprinting seems to be the kind of sprint you also can do well as a lead out with. And that's mainly because he has a, like you mentioned, I think in your uh, video, we keep running back to this old video of yours that you were talking about Davi Decker, where he has a limited time span of being out of the saddle in sprinting. We've seen yeah. that in UAE tour perfectly. And I think this plays into the card of him being decent at a lead out role as well. But I just hope it isn't like that because I'd love to see David Decker win a stage. Come on. Do what I want to know is, did Gronovegan have something in his contract about going to the tour this year? Or was he promised going to the tour this year? And there was no spot in the team for him. Um, maybe that's more an Ackerman scenario that I'm misremembering or conflating those two. So they say, oh, we'll send you the, the Giro instead. Honestly, Benji, I thought his suspension stopped him going to the Giro. So um, I thought it ran over. It obviously doesn't. It doesn't. It expires beforehand. But people saying that suspension was too harsh, I mean, what did he miss? UAE tour and Paris-Nice? Like, come on, didn't wasn't that bad, that suspension, really. I know mean, it was nine months, but it was backdated, gets to slot in to the Giro straight away, which is fine. I'm just saying the I don't think the suspension was overboard. But that'll be a really interesting storyline, Benji. Can't wait to talk about it in our Giro preview show, which will be next, next Wednesday in about a week. We'll hopefully drop it on time. 
uh, so you've got enough time to watch it. They're usually absolute bangers before the Grand Tour is our most popular ones. If you want to I see, love we'll have, them. They're so good. We'll have all the profiles and stuff on the YouTube channel of the podcast and our faces, obviously, for the preview show. And you need to get us to 10K subscribers, even if you don't listen on that. Uh, because Or Yoda sweet. will die. Or that thing will die. And <laughs> that way we can do the 10K subscriber Q&A before the Giro starts. So that's basically why I need you to do that. Uh, just for a schedule perspective, <laughs> it'd be very helpful. But otherwise, we appreciate all your support. The cycling never stops. The World Tour season is in full swing, and we're not going to stop until the end of September, I don't think. Uh, but thanks for listening to our recap of Amstel Gold. Amstel Gold? <laughs> Fuck me. Tour de Romandie. <laughs> Tour de Romandie prologue. Oh, and some God. Other topics. And we'll see you with the interesting stage tomorrow. Ciao. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.